0: This episode contains depictions of violence that some may find triggering or disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. god finally no audio issues <laughs> what is life <laughs> holy crap you put purple in your hair I love it
1: yeah a little bit
0: oh my god have you been I think this is the longest break we've ever taken between recordings like I feel like it's been a month since I've recorded with you
1: dude it's, it, <laughs> this has been the longest
0: but it's only been like what a week and a half
1: it's only been a week and a half. <laughs> But it was necessary for both of us. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where, like, I just I feel bad that it happened. But I also just know that it was just better this way. You know, I mean, I
0: missed you, but I don't feel bad. (laughs) I, like, needed this break. I think we both did. Yeah, I I, I knew you needed it and I needed it. We just had a lot going on. And yeah, it was was nice.
1: I mean, (laughs) as nice as it could be.
0: You sure <laughs> sorry for me yeah I'll just be only for myself
1: yeah no nice no I, I was I was happy to have a little bit of a break like I like I love I love recording and I love you know working on the podcast but um just with like how bad I was feeling I was just I was happy to take a break it, it was nice right to, to in that yeah. sense mm-hmm. um and also like how much research goes into all of this I, I don't know if people realize like how long it takes to just research stuff <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. And for me, I'm the I. I thrive under a deadline, mm. so I only ever like start putting together my notes within uh 24 hours before the. Oh my God, I love your mug.
1: It's a butt. <laughs> I'm drinking wine in a butt out of a. You're butt. Drink, I'm drinking wine you, out of. a Remember that butt. song I
0: sent you? <laughs> oh and my God! The little girl. Yeah, Andrew and I, I have been beside butt I wanna, wanna know, know what's inside, inside your, your butthole <laughs> What's inside your butthole I always wanna no. know
1: It Maybe it's astronauts, maybe it's aliens
0: <laughs> Maybe it's wine
1: <laughs> Oh my gosh, Andrew and I have literally been quoting that song to each other for the past two weeks We've been just like at back and forth
0: Oh my gosh! Then you're welcome. Yeah, me yeah. and Gavin and my mom because we all watched it together that night that I found it and when I sent it to you. And like literally this morning, we were singing it as we we're all drinking like our coffees and teas. <laughs> it's just such a good
1: song. Like
0: oh, so good.
1: Yeah, what a creative little girl.
0: We'll have to find that video and we'll link it in in the show notes so that people understand. Oh, it reminds me the of the amazingness Kaylin. of it. Kaylin, get- I, that's why I sent it to you because I'm like, this is a song Kaylin would come up with.
1: The other night, she goes, Okay, you guys, instead of you singing me a song for bedtime, let me uh, sing you a song. So she gives us these options, and the options are poop, <laughs> someone that really has to go to the bathroom, Luna pooping, poop again. <laughs> <laughs> And I forget what the last one was, but I was like, just go with the pooping one. And she's like, no, let's go with the one where someone really has to go to the bathroom. And so she's saying a song <laughs> Which is about
0: different it. from just pooping. There's urgency. There's drama.
1: I swear my daughter's so creative, but sometimes I'm just like, what is your obsession? <laughs> Why?
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I fucking love it. That's amazing.
1: Kids are funny.
0: Kids are great.
1: Uh, what are we doing first? Are we first doing the spooky... The spooky episode. Mm. I feel like we should get it out of the way before it's Let's like... Let's get it out
0: of the way. I know. Um
1: Oh, and I also wanted to... Did you see this message that this girl sent us today? Let me let me bring it up. I haven't
0: checked into our Instagram today yet.
1: Oh, I've been on the media. I've been on it.
0: I was really <laughs> on it this week and then today. I'm like, I need to like not... I need to let Melanie take the reins. So, uh,
1: I don't know if I can just I don't know if I'm allowed to say who it is but uh she says I I just I just thought I'd let you guys know how much I love your podcast. I'm very new to the path and I have been in the broom closet because of how strict um my Christian family is. Listening to you guys is so therapeutic and makes me feel empowered enough to practice my path. Since I was a little girl, I've been so drawn to witchcraft despite being told it was evil. Every time I dabbled in it, I felt like I found my missing puzzle piece. The past year, I finally decided to embrace the pull to all things magic and started practicing witchcraft. Thank you for your amazing podcast.
0: Oh my god, that's so amazing! I
1: know. It was Thank so you for sweet. listening.
0: I don't think we ever thought we'd have so many listeners. I don't think so either. In our first month. Yeah, like let's do this for fun because we love chatting about this stuff anyways right. so I not record it right exactly we it. we're
1: we're definitely not professionals and I don't think we intended to like we're not trying to like get the hype guys we're just trying to to find people with like m- like need guidance as well and and people that are mm-hmm. also really interested in this and um, thankfully we've we've come across some people that really do understand like our perspectives and are pretty open minded
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah yeah
1: and I think the other thing that I've noticed a lot is just um, I think what sets us apart from other witchcraft podcasts is that we tend to kind of focus like on all aspects and we're not very, <laughs> we're not gatekeeper and also our backgrounds. Um, you know, we both come from pretty religious backgrounds and, you know, it's really hard to accept witchcraft into your life when you have this, you know, very prominent like Christian
0: Christian yeah
1: yeah yeah exactly um and that's not that's not to take away from Christianity in any way it's just interesting that
0: but i mean when you think of just i mean how witchcraft is um perceived to be when you are raised yes. in a christian household yeah um yeah it's yeah. it's um it's a little tough
1: yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty tough. Um, you know, the reason why I'm not Christian anymore has nothing to do with witchcraft. Like, it's not like I was like, oh well, yeah, because I'm into witchcraft, I'm no longer into Christianity. I that was my own choice. You know, when I was younger, um, for sure. And I think that's another thing that I really love about just like, uh, you know, teaching people about witchcraft and how it's just it's a practice and it's not a religion mm-hmm. and you can use it in your life and. It's, it doesn't mean that, like, it's not a defining factor. It's just part of who you are. Does that make sense?
0: Totally. I think, you know, again, to like when we started this out and not really expecting too much. I mean, we're both like designers. So we made sure that all of our marketing looked pretty, at least. Yeah. The cover was amazing. Thank you, Melanie. Oh, thanks. Your talents. And we both love Instagram. So we've had a lot of fun there. But I think now as like our momentum has been building up uh, within our first month of listenership. Um, And just seeing, I think, uh, the positive impact that we've had, not to like toot our own horn, but I think it's definitely motivated us. It like has given the podcast a little bit of a different meaning rather than just like something fun to do. I mean, it's been kind of it's yeah. So it's been really meaningful to see your guys' support. So thank you so much. Oh, we do have some Patreon members and yeah, we got to do some um, shout outs. (laughs) We have some. So we have a shout out. So this this particular episode is brought to you by Morgan Patterson. Morgan, thank you so much for being a supporter. You are our star of the show for today. Freaking love you. you. Um, It's just, honestly, it like blows our minds that people actually have the generosity in their heart to like believe in what we're doing and to like give some of their... Hard-earned, yeah, exactly. Hard-earned dollars, especially in a time like this, that we're still in the middle of this pandemic. It really does
1: help, and you know, we we do talk about getting so much better um, equipment. Right now, we're we're using. Mm -hmm. I mean, thankfully, on my end, my boyfriend does podcasts, and he has like some pretty good equipment, but. We want to make sure that we sound really good. And it's hard because, you know, we are social distancing and we are new. Doing at this. it remote we're doing is it remotely. so tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're, we're figuring it out. And we will. And, and we just appreciate how, how much support we're getting because it's it's definitely motivating to, to make sure that we uh, continue yeah. to grow.
0: We def- we definitely appreciate um, like the constructive criticism, and I know that like, and I've heard myself obviously because we listen to the episodes once they're edited to see how they sound. And I know particularly for me because I'm the one that's um, more not more remote, but um, Melanie's the one that's like collecting all of the audio and she does all of the amazing editing. Um, so all of my audio is captured really based on like how good the Wi-Fi is at my house. Yeah, we're trying to figure <laughs> so out. I what's know that best. sometimes. Yeah, sometimes like it sounds like I'm right in the room, and then other days you could definitely tell like my voice kind of goes a little in and out. So we apologize for those minor technical difficulties, and we really appreciate you bearing with us until we kind of iron out those right. creases. If anybody
1: has any uh, pointers, you know we're here to listen. <laughs>
0: Hold at your witch.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, it, so we did our our shout out, and
0: um, yeah. Let's get to the episode, guys. We have a lot to cover. So, welcome to Spooky Sunday, our spooky Mm zone. This is where we cover true crime slash paranormal. Um, Melanie and I. Hi, I'm Maria. Um, We take turns. We kind of flip flop every week. I never
1: introduce myself. By the way, I know. (laughs) I'm sorry.
0: Um, Yeah, I I noticed that. I always forget to introduce myself um, too. But yes, so she's Melanie and I'm Maria. thank you <laughs> you're yeah. yeah, welcome um anyways so yeah we kind of flip-flop so we each take turns covering true crime and paranormal this episode I have true crime and I'm so excited for this um I had one true crime thing I don't know if you saw it on our Trello board I had picked a topic for this episode for true crime and then last minute you switched decided to I switched it Nice. I'm so excited, okay? Because I like, I don't know, like I was struck by like lightning, um, in the metaphorical sense. I'm like, why haven't I thought of this? Because again, um, I like starting off these topics and having things kind of try to hit home. So that's kind of like inspired by things that I'm interested in, and me being Latina. Mm. Um, today we are going to be covering the tragic death of Selena. Who is? Oh my God, you're such a white girl. You're like, look at me, like who that is? I'm
1: sorry. It's not you're just not, that. It's not okay. just that I'm a white girl. It's no, also no. that I'm like hella foreign and like I don't know. Who Let's just is. okay.
0: We are both hella foreign. Okay, because we're
1: okay. <laughs> Selena. Let's go,
0: Selena. So the murder of Selena. Honestly, when I once I start describing her, you'll it'll probably you'll re- remember who she is. I, I, um, I think it's Latinas also- everywhere probably like screaming now that I, every time somebody says the name selena someone's a latina screams i don't know you,
1: <laughs> you know i i also have to just sta- to, to state this because it's mm-hmm. it's pretty important i have a really bad memory and i i don't realize how bad it is like you were talking about rasputin like in one of the other episodes and i've totally heard that story like a million times but because my memory is so bad i don't always retain it doesn't always click right away.
0: Mm, I see. Yeah. So you need some rosemary tea. That'll help.
1: <laughs> <I don't know. laughs>
0: Rosemar- yeah. Rosemary is great for um, helping. Well, it's because of the
1: head injury that I had. That's why. Like it's something that I don't always think about. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, mm. I had that injury. Mm-hmm. So my memory. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we
0: talked about that in our first episode. So well, we that was a- one. A- I've had, one. had
1: two head injuries. That was when I was. Wait, younger. what? There was
0: another one. <laughs>
1: I, I don't know if we'll keep- how many times did your sister throw you around. No, no, I, I don't know if I'm going to keep this in in the in the episode. But you know, if we post the video or something, I guess our Patreon people will know what happened to me. But um, I was like jumped as a child and um was ble- I don't I feel like I told you this story before. Wait,
0: you were on a bike.
1: No, was it something to
0: do with the bike. No, was it in the Netherlands?
1: Yeah, it was in the. It was the reason why okay. we came back.
0: Oh, you were on your way to like school or something, right? Or no. So, you know, uh, no, you're, I you're, I'm, not, I'm gonna stop guessing.
1: No, it's okay. You're you're pretty close. Uh, So I had just gotten back from survival camp in the Netherlands. And my sister, like, I literally just put my bag down. Mm-hmm. And my sister, <clears throat> my sister's boyfriend at the time comes running into the house. And he's like, your sister's being jumped. You need to you need to go help her people need like, let's go let's go help her. He couldn't do anything because he was a man. And the people that were jumping my sister, they were females so he oh so he didn't feel like he he didn't feel comfortable like helping so i ran to go help her and um in the middle of this is such a intense story but basically i got up to them and my my sister was in a headlock this girl had my sister in a headlock and she was beating her face and i like grabbed the girl and started like punching Punching her face because I, it was like an instinctual thing like you know get off like, my what sister. are you gonna do yeah, yeah, so I mean like and there were three girls up against my sister, and so I started hitting this girl, and then suddenly I felt like a pang in the back of my head, and Oof. I fell down and then i don't remember anything after that. I remember waking oh. up in the hospital, and what happened was the the girl's brother. <laughs> Sorry, this is so stupid i'm sorry i'm telling you that this but this is this no. is the reason why i have like a really bad memory uh, i've my head's gone through a lot of drama Um, so when I woke up in the hospital, my mom described to me what had happened, and I guess the girl's brother was there and saw what I was doing to his sister, and so therefore he and his friends jumped me. So he, like, hit me in the back. Yeah, he hit me in the back of the head, and then him and his friends were, like, kicking the back of my head, and basically Oh my god! (laughs) Yeah, so I, I actually have no recollection at all of what happened. I don't remember going to the... I remember going to the hospital. I lost like a year at the time. I had lost like a year's worth of my memories. So I was like dating somebody. I didn't know who the fuck he was. Like I was having an asthma attack during the same time. So it was just insane. Um, And it took me a long time to kind of get myself to sort of like have like a normal Memory, But for a long time, it was like that um, short term memory loss where like you can tell me and I still have this problem. Like you can tell me a story and give me all the facts and I will retain like very little of what you just told me unless it's like buried deep. I don't know why, but like it just depends on like what the information is. But if it's like a lot of information and and that's another reason why reading sometimes it's hard for me, too, because I have to keep going back. Does that Mm -hmm. make any sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so my, my memory is really bad
0: <laughs> whoa okay let's
1: talk about, let's thousand. talk about selena
0: yeah okay so yeah your face reaction don't remember who selena is yeah. that's okay because <laughs> part of my notes i there's so much to the story because um just selena deserves it you have to cover you have to do give it its due diligence yeah. um so the first point like i have my notes my bulleted notes um organized in, like, different topics. And the first topic is, who is Selena? Nice. Um, so Selena was a Mexican-American singer-songwriter. She was called the Queen of Tejano music. Selena. Now- now yes, I remember. Yes, didn't, I knew, you, I knew, yeah. didn't, didn't you dress up as Selena for Halloween one year? Oh, yeah, yeah. I tried, but then I, I really wanted to bedazzle the to make the bris, yes. her famous Yeah, I remember. Ear, but I didn't have the time, so I switched my costume to something else last minute. But yes, I almost dressed as okay. Selena. now I kind of remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing. Um, so her contribution to music and fashion made her one of the most celebrated Latin entertainers of the late 20th century. Billboard named Selena as one of the most influential Latin musicians of all time, with five number one singles on Billboard's hot Latin chart, and a Billboard 200 number one sing- number one with her single, Dreaming of You. Mm. Remember that song? Yeah. Cause I'm dreaming of you tonight. Yeah. <laughs> oh
1: thank so you for that <laughs> that was beautiful
0: welcome <laughs> um so she won a, she even won a grammy for best mexican-american album and nine consecutive tejano music awards for fame female vocalists of the year mm-hmm. um so lots of accolades um a lot of younger people um i think like those like us that were like born within like the late 80s through the 90s and probably like my I don't know if my sister even knows who Selena is which is kind of sad um, but a lot of us younger folk like know her through her like uh, posthumously released 1995 album Dreaming of You and of course through the 1997 biopic Selena starring Jennifer Lopez.
1: Ooh.
0: So, did you ever see that movie? I
1: think I'm pretty sure I have yeah
0: Yeah, so, um, wow, I've seen that movie so many times. I cry every time. Um, So, yeah, so it it was pretty crazy. Selena's family actually worked pretty closely with the film to portray it as accurate as possible. Although, of course, like, I'm sure they took some creative liberties because it is a movie. Right. But um, it was pretty, like, damn accurate with how, like, her life uh, up until her death went. Um, And there was actually controversy about J-Lo... Who was Puerto Rican American, playing the role of Selena, who was Mexican American, um, but nonetheless, uh, J Lo starred in that role and it was her breakout role. Like that was her like big debut that put her on the map. Mm-hmm. Um, J Lo even moved in with Selena's sister to prepare for the role, and Ooh. I'm so excited because Netflix is coming out with <gasps> Selena the series. That's awesome. Like, a series about Selena and her life, and I'm just like, oh my god, I'm so excited, so so excited. <laughs> oh oh my god (laughs) unable to even but um anyway so some of selena's early life so she was born selena quintanilla on april 16th 1971 which is wild because my my mom was born in 1970 so that kind of puts her she's just a year younger than my mom so i kind of like how old she would be now so she would be 49 wow um, she was born in Lake Jackson, Texas, which is near the Houston area to parents Abraham Jr. and Marcela Quintanilla. Her mom was actually of Cherokee descent, which is kind of cool, too. So she's very, very diverse um, heritage and background. Her older siblings were Suzette and Abraham III, known as AB. So when I mention AB, that's going to be her brother. There's a lot of Abrahams okay. in her family. Okay. <laughs> but Abraham is her father and i'll refer to her brother as ab um they were actually uh jehovah's witnesses which i didn't know oh yeah which is kind of like wild i'm trying to like imagine like little selena like i don't know if she actually did this but, like going up to like people's doorsteps and being like do you believe in jesus
1: because <laughs> obviously she'd be singing it
0: <laughs> <laughs> obviously I mean, this girl started singing like super young, um, which is perfect because it leads me to like my next bullet. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, the next bullet now. Her father, Abraham, noticed Selena's musical talents at just uh, six years old.
1: Oh, wow. Um,
0: Yeah, like super young. He told People Magazine, quote, her timing, her pitch were perfect. I could see it from day one, end quote. So some people believe like per that quote that she could have had, Perfect pitch too, which is actually what my sister has. Um but yeah, so Abraham, her father, was a former musician that tried but didn't make it big. Um and so he once he started a family, he opened up a Tex-Mex restaurant. Um, and he was also simultaneously dedicated to nurturing and managing the musical talents of his children. So by age nine, Selena and her siblings had a band that was performing at their father's restaurants. And they were also booking local gigs, oh, wow. which is kind of like impressive. Like nine years old, you-, you already have a band.
1: Yeah.
0: You're already like getting money.
1: That's amazing. To perform. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So obviously, Selena was the singer. Her brother, AB, was the bassist. And fucking kick ass. Her sister, Suzette, was the drummer. I fucking oh, love female yeah. drummers. You'll uh, get it.
1: Yeah. And I love that her brother was the bassist, too, by the way. That's pretty fucking cool. I like yeah, myself it's cool. some bassists. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wait, um, isn't it Andrew? Andrew, you know, might be. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Unrelated. <laughs> but um, yeah, so Selena actually never took a singing lesson. She was just like had this boring talent for singing. Um, yeah, so she was just like clear from the get go. When she was little, she was just really talented. So as I mentioned, Selena was known as being the queen of Tejano music. So what is Tejano music? It's described um, or defined as Tex-Mex, Texan-Mexican, popular music that combines European waltzes and polkas, country music, and rock, often using an accordion. So, yeah, really, really lively music. Yeah. It's always going to be a party when you put it on. Um, Selena was often referred to as the Tejano or Mexican Madonna for her fame and fashion choices. I love that. Yeah, she was quite the queen and... I just, oh,
1: I, I love her so much. Should... Not,
0: uh huh. I'm sorry.
1: I just remember you like yeah. showing me pictures and like when, when now I'm remembering like you getting rid When of... I was inspired to, yeah, be here for you were Halloween. so yeah. obsessed and you're just like, I love her. And I was like, I love mm-hmm. her too. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. She's, yeah, loved, absolutely loved. Um, So she is credited for catapulting Tejano music into the mainstream market. Also, Tejano music was predominantly and probably is, I'm not sure if it currently is, um, but at the time at least, was a predominantly male-driven industry. So not only did she bring the Latin music genre to the forefront of mainstream music, but she was a woman to boot. Mm. In her early career, before she made it big, there were several Texas music venues that wouldn't let the band play simply because the lead singer was a woman. What? Her father, yeah, I know, like, What? Her father was often told that Selena would never be successful because she was a woman in a genre historically dominated by men. So you know what? Oh, that just pisses me off. I just like, hex yeah, the patriarchy, right? <laughs> hex it! Yep. <laughs> God, if
1: only we could.
0: <laughs> Man. So with Ser- Selena's early career, um so like in nineteen eighty two, The family had actually declared bankruptcy. Um, So they were based in like Lake Jackson at at the time, right? So once they uh, declared bankruptcy and the restaurant closed, they moved to Corpus Christi, Texas, which would be Selena's home for uh, the remainder of her life abraham became manager of the newly formed band selena y los dinos which translates to selena and the boys which i mean but like suzette was a drummer she was a girl like what the hell but okay maybe
1: she was like (laughs) one maybe they just wanted to be one of the boys one of the boys which is
0: like yeah totally yeah um they would perform on street corners at parks festivals restaurants weddings and quinceaneras The main style of music that the band played was Tejano music, but they also had some rock, some pop, some R&B in their set list to make them versatile. So they really knew how to play the crowd. So uh, depending on like the demographic of the crowd, they would kind of like adjust their set list accordingly. Yeah. Um, And Selena would actually eventually drop out of school in eighth grade. Because of the demands of her musical career. Yeah. Which was, I mean, how the family made money at this point. They kind of, like, full-time devoted, you know, this kind of... To to this band, which he... Which Abraham got a lot of, like, um, hate on from her teachers. Because she would, like, show up at school, like, really tired. Because she was up late the previous night, you know, performing. And, I mean, he's, like, taking his daughter out of school too it was just like kind of jackson fivey you know yeah what I mean? yep um but she did eventually earn her diploma her high school diploma and i know she like went to i think um pacific western university i don't know if she like did like remote classes or something but um she did study business management or business administration um Abraham actually refurbished an old bus naming it Big Bertha which is you can see featured on the the film um which the family used as their tour bus. The band was really how the Quintanilla scraped by sometimes not even having enough money for gas. And in during those instances when they didn't have enough money that's when they were like performing street corners and trying trying to get us, you know, yeah, as much money as they could. Yeah. In 1984, Selena recorded her first LP record um, titled Selena y los Dinos despite wanting to record in her first language which was English so she wasn't a native Spanish speaker right. despite having a Mexican background and, and being raised in Texas. Um, Selena's father advised her to sing songs tied to her heritage and encouraged her to record Tejano music compositions which were of course like naturally in Spanish. So this was actually how she learned Spanish. Um, so she didn't know it fluently and so when she first started out, the way that she learned was through her father writing out the lyrics phonetically and telling her what the lyrics meant so she knew how to properly sing them.
1: Oh, that's so cute. I love that.
0: Yeah. So it's just kind of crazy because then if like if you had seen Selena early on in her career and her performances, a lot of the music that she sang was in Spanish and she really like didn't know much of what she was singing about, but she was just a beautiful singer and she was kind of coached by her dad to know like how to like put the emotion in the, the music for it to make sense. Um, but, yeah, so she did eventually learn Spanish. And um, by 1988, Selena had released five more LPs.
1: Mm, that's pretty crazy. So,
0: yeah. So definitely rising star.
1: Yeah, she's, like, doing really well for herself, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely, like, I think um, a lot of regional success. Yeah. She hasn't hit, really hit the mainstream yet at this point. Um, so by 1989, Selena actually started trying to go towards, like, a – Solo career. I mean, she was still keeping her band, but it was no longer. They were trying to shy away from Selena Ilosdinos and just trying to market just Selena and her band, right? Um, do you think her and, like
1: siblings were just kind of like done with it, or do you think that she just really wanted to like be like on her
0: own? Um, I mean, I think it was pretty clear that like Selena was the star mm-hmm. of the show. I mean, she just kind of had. She was like a full package deal where she you know bridge the gap between um you know spanish native speakers and latin american community uh, she was gorgeous she was very charismatic um she was an excellent dancer yeah uh and yeah i mean i'm sure her father being the manager kind of like pushed it but i don't i'm not sure if there was any like rebellion or yeah. if anyone was peeved about it
1: right 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 There's because no it wasn't either.
0: like she was so much leaving the group. She was still keeping the band. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like remarketing it as just Selena. Okay. Yeah. Um but yeah, so she really wanted to go towards a crossover album, bridging over to American mainstream and English language songs. So she always just really wanted to uh sing songs in her native um in her native language. Right. Um so they were signed on with a newly formed label called EMI Latin Records hoping for the potential of a crossover album, and Abraham wanted his children to be the first musicians to sign on to the deal. Um, Selena began working on her debut album and recorded three English language compositions for the heads of EMI's pop division. And her, unfortunately, her request for a crossover album was denied by the record label, and Selena was told that it was because they thought she needed to kind of build up her fan base before she could make that transition right in reality they just didn't believe that a mexican-american woman could have crossover potential
1: that's fucked up
0: i know it's what such bullshit yeah that's so fucked i know up. so enter selena's future murderer yolanda saldivar yolanda saldivar was a registered nurse and a huge fan of selena's attending many of her concerts and again, so remember, like, they're trying to make this crossover album. The label has told them, you need to build up your fan base. I mean, it's like a, you know, it's like a scapegoat. They really just don't want her to actually give the, give her the crossover album. But they're told, you need to build up your fan base. Yolanda approaches Selena's father, Abraham, and asks if she could start a fan club for Selena in San Antonio. And, like, fan clubs are, like, huge yeah, in, like, the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Like, people definitely made money off of that. Um, And of course, Abraham approved because he was hoping that it would help like the exposure of the band and then thus yeah. help Selena's crossover career if they were able to build up that fan base. Right. Yolanda soon became a close friend to Selena and her family with Selena, often referring to Yolanda as her sister and Yolanda often calling Selena Miha. So they're very like endearing to each other. They have a very close, um, relationship. Um, And Yolanda was often like self-declared as Selena's number one fan her biggest fan. So, yeah, so she was trusted and by the family and she became the acting president of the fan club in 1991. So Selena's fan base in Texas did start to grow. So this the the fan club and whatever market other marketing they were doing was working that even Coca-Cola approached her to be their spokesperson for Texas. Oh, okay. The jingle used in her first two commercials for Coca-Cola was composed by her main songwriter, her brother, A.B., um, as well as Chris Perez, who several months earlier was hired to join the band Selena y Los Dinos as their new guitarist. So he's like new on the scene, but he's been around a few months, right? Okay. Um, and so he's like helping pitch in to write this jingle. Um, Selena's sister, Suzette, finds Selena and Chris flirting with each other, and then tells their father about it.
1: Oh no! How old, wait? How old is she at this point?
0: Um. Okay. So if this was, ooh, uh, like ninety one, she was must have been like eighteen. Wait, wait. She was born in seventy one. If this was ninety one, then she was twenty.
1: So yeah. Okay. So, so she was
0: about twenty, but she was like still young. Mm-hmm. But I mean. I don't know
1: okay she's
0: 20 let a homegirl date yeah however (laughs) however and they anticipated this that's why they kind of kept the relationship hush hush yeah yeah Chris when he first joined the band he actually did have a girlfriend like in San Antonio but he couldn't help his feelings for Selena I mean how
1: could you she's amazing
0: she's amazing she's gorgeous she's just an angel um (laughs) and uh thank you but yeah like he like they um kind of like tried to fight it but it was like a very like forbidden love right yeah which is uh which definitely like you'll see in (laughs) spot is so loud and so so passionate um and you'll see that it actually inspires her music later on which is cool but unfortunately so uh, suzette rats out um selena and chris to selena's dad abraham And Abraham disapproved of Chris because he was a bit of a bad boy. And he called Chris, quote, a cancer in my family, unquote. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. Why does that sound like such a Dutch
1: thing to say? Is it? Yeah, like people in the Netherlands, when they're pissed off, they throw cancer everywhere.
0: (laughs) They throw the word cancer.
1: Yeah, if they're mad, they throw that word all over the place. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just like a. Oh, Latin isn't European. Just just keep going.
0: <laughs> so um, he bore, he forbade the relationship and fired Chris from the band. But Selena and Chris continued their relationship in secret. Mm-hmm. And then on April 2nd, 1992, Selena and Chris decided to elope. Yes. Fig- figuring, of course, that her father would never approve. But if they were just just to just get married, he would be forced to accept their love. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, just hours after the their elopement, um, the news was leaked to the media and announced on like the radios and stuff. So her family found out they're like looking for her and stuff like they wanted to kind of keep things like really low key and then in, on their own terms, tell their family. And then suddenly they hear it. Everyone hears it on the radio and they start freaking out and be like, what
1: the "Fuck!" yeah, exactly.
0: Um. <laughs> Lots of drama ensued, yeah, with Abraham like totally shunning Selena and Chris for a while. Oh, that's sad, but Abraham eventually reconciled with Chris, accepted his and Selena's marriage, and hired Chris back into the band.
1: Well, that's nice, at least he so, finally un- accepted it,
0: yeah, um unfortunately, this did plant a seed in Selena um some like resentment towards her father,
1: oh well, of course
0: because of that like i mean who wouldn't
1: yeah especially when you like when you feel certain about something and your parents don't like accept it like Mm -hmm. that makes sense
0: yeah um so shortly after the elopement selena released her third studio album entre a mi mundo in may 1992 which was critically acclaimed as her breakthrough album so it's like she gets eloped this album releases and then finally like she's starting to hit the mainstream yeah she's starting to get big she's no longer just like regional right um so she actually as i mentioned earlier she was definitely like a fashion icon she had like influences in the fashion world and so aside from music in 1994 selena began designing her own clothing line
1: oh yes
0: because she's that queen she opened two boutiques called selena etc was with just i think an interesting name yeah um <laughs> selena etc <cetera, laughs> with one in corpus christi and then the other boutique was in san antonio they were a big hit and she was in negotiations to open more stores in monterey mexico and in puerto rico as well Ooh. yolanda Managed both the boutiques after the Quintanilla family were impressed with the way she managed the fan club.
1: Oh, nice. Well, I mean, nice, but well.
0: (laughs) mm, mm. Hispanic Business Magazine reported that the singer earned over five million dollars from these boutiques, so they were highly successful. Um, And that's five million in like the early '90s, so like a ton of money. I don't know what that translates to these days, but a ton i mean money. a
1: million dollars at any point is uh,
0: it's is just a lot right yeah <laughs> in march 1994 selena released her fourth album uh, album amor prohibido which means forbidden love Ooh. that's where Say the that again amor prohibido yes <laughs> um it was so funny because i was actually listening to another podcast with these guys that just oh I mean, they, like, preface, like, we're we're going to tell the story and we're going to butcher all these Spanish words and we're sorry. <laughs> but the whole time when they were talking about this album, they kept saying, amor prohibido. And I was literally, like, my skin was sprawling. I had to stop the episode. <laughs> 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 like, so, I can't. It's not their fault. I mean, they put their their best effort in, but it was just so painful.
1: I can imagine. That's how I feel about, like, saying anything that you don't really know, like, the 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 proper way of saying it. You're just, like, someone out there is cringing the way that you did. I know.
0: Did. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. So, Amor Prohibido, which means forbidden love, and no doubt inspired by her forbidden love with now-husband Chris Perez. Um, it became one of the best-selling Latin albums in the U.S., with four number one singles, there was the title track "Amor Prohibido," very well known "Bidi Bidi Bomb Bomb," <laughs> "No Me Queda Más," and "Fotos y Recuerdos." Those were the four um, singles. This album popularized Tejano music among the younger and wider audience, and more than like more than any other time in the music genre's history. So she like really that's this is the moment where she really catapulted. Tejano's uh, Tejano music's popularity. This album's success led to its Grammy nomination for Best Mexican American Album at the 37th Grammy Awards in 1995, which they won. By the time Selena performed, um, by wait, sorry, okay. So by this time, Selena performed to a record-breaking, sold-out concert at the Houston Astrodome in February 1995. And she had already begun working on her crossover album.
1: Sorry, one second. Right, did you not hear like
0: music? The, the the music. Yeah, that's my dad. Oh my god. <laughs>
1: yeah, I can. My hear dad's it.
0: working on his scales, guys. Can you hear? Oh
1: my god! I was like,
0: because <laughs> like hear? Yeah, we're talking about Selena, and then there's ghost music. Can you imagine? <laughs> I mean,
1: like you have to imagine me over here not knowing that your dad's currently working on his. Yeah. yeah. So one
0: Sorry. of the walls here in the garage shares with um the where the wall that the piano is on. We have an upright piano okay. and it's, All yeah. Right. So Continue. <laughs> I see your face and I'm like, what is it? What's wrong? Well, I
1: was like, am I insane? Like, is there music out? You know, I'm like trying to listen and I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm sensitive.
0: No, 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 it's okay. Um, So <laughs> I'm sorry. I just love that he's like, i know and the thing is guys he's he's a much better like piano player it's not like he's just starting out i think he's just like warming up yeah but um (laughs) like take a cut so for me to like text my dad to maybe give it a give it a break
1: i wish you were here right now i've got donuts and like oreos and
0: oh shut up really yeah well i'm on a diet
1: right now so i'm like trying not of
0: oreos and wait what
1: (laughs) Not a diet, not a diet. Sorry, intermittent, f- intermittent fat,
0: inter oh, to intermittent fasting. Yes,
1: and I'm, I've, I've done it. yoga and stuff.
0: You should see, um, my setup here. I'm like, I'm gonna be thirsty, I should grab some water. And instead, I grabbed two cans of a vodka soda drink and I've got a
1: Pepsi some guava
0: and kombucha but
1: wine, but wine, <laughs> but
0: wine. Oh my god, that sounds like something you drink in prison. <laughs>
1: All right, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna grab more butt wine. <laughs>
0: Go for it.
1: I'm making a mess.
0: Oh my god, what's in the box? Holy crap! <laughs> you just brought the box of wine with you? <gasps> oh my god, you beautiful creature.
1: I feel bad. I have to keep getting up because I'm a lush.
0: You know what, just, um, why don't you just, uh, you know, save yourself some time and just punch a straw into that bag in the that box. He's gonna come home and just... this is gonna be, like, on his desk and he's gonna be like... What happened?
1: He's the one that bought it for me. Okay. I'm set up now. I have my donuts.
0: Oh, my God. can't <sighs> even look at you, <sighs> eat them. Oh the gluten. I know, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I've been, I've I've been, I've... I've been eating glutinous things. I shouldn't be, but I'm trying to cut back. It's so hard. My skin is hating me for it. Anywho. Yeah. So like, oh my God, speaking of butt wine, when I got up and I came back to the chair and so it's like warm (laughs) and I'm on a plastic chair and I just like see this like moisture. I'm like, oh, just my little butt sweat.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Got a little butt wine going on here. Anywho, Cass
1: is trying to say hi to you.
0: Oh, hi Cass! Can you hear me? Say hi. <gasps> say hi. Look, hi Cass.
1: He's just so this like sometimes he looks at me like with such love. He's just like mom. I love
0: He's you. so adorable.
1: Okay, baby. I'm gonna keep recording now. Okay. Okay. Good boy. All right. All back right. Back to it. <laughs> so
0: back to it. Where do we really leave off? Okay. So by the time Selena performed to a record break sold-out concert at the Houston Astrodome in February 1995. She had already begun working on her crossover album. That's where we left off. So back to Yolanda Saldivar. She was appointed as manager of Selena's Fashion Boutiques in early 1994. Eight months later, Selena signed Yolanda as a registered agent for the company in San Antonio. So uh, I was like okay so what's the big deal with that when I saw that note and I looked it up so a registered agent basically it's like giving Yolanda access to bank accounts financial records and it made oh. her an essential role in the company's tax filing oh
1: man that's probably not and a like, good
0: idea and like any like sort of mail address to the company would get go to her because it would be like her address oh that gosh. it would go to that's uh-huh. crazy they would regret that um <laughs> Yeah, so after the agreement, <clears throat> excuse me, um, after the agreement, Yolanda moved from San Antonio to Corpus Christi to be closer to Selena. Ugh. She's just. That just uh, sounds
1: weird. I'm sorry. Uh, but that, that girl in general sounds fucking weird.
0: Yeah, she's about to get weirder. In December of 1994, the boutiques began to suffer after the number of staff for both stores had decreased. So according to staff members, Yolanda often dismissed employees simply because she didn't like them.
1: That's fucking weird.
0: I know. It's just cuz she's on a power trip, is what she is. Um so many of the employees complained and reported Yolanda's behavior to Selena herself. But Selena dismissed them for uh, dismissed them believing Yolanda would never make such erratic decisions on Selena's fashion venture. I'm- so she's being uh, not to like diss on Selena, but she's she's young. She's being a little naive, and yeah. she's always known as like a very loving, like optimistic person. So this is very like on on brand with her. She's very loyal too, and she wants to be a good friend. Um, yeah, exactly. But unfortunately, her naivety is gonna be her demise enjoy. yeah
1: that's fucking i'm so sorry like that sucks like being, i know to be like because i understand that like you want to always see the i mean good it's not her fault
0: it's yolanda's fault right well, that's but what I mean. it like, just sucks that she
1: she's she's probably the kind w- of person that likes like wants to see the good in in everybody mm-hmm. you know and it's like that's what
0: made her such a beautiful soul too
1: exactly That's yeah what I
0: mean. um so because their complaints weren't being heard by selena the staff then turned to her father Abraham instead to report Yolanda's behavior. Unlike Selena, he did take the claim seriously. Like as we've seen in the past, like Abraham is a, is a smart businessman and he's also like suspicious and protective of, you know, of Selena. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so he took them very seriously and he went and warned Selena to be careful and said that Yolanda might not be a good influence uh selena dismissed her father's warnings again that's i think her being influenced with her with his history to like write off people she cares about it's like what happened to her husband chris betta so she's like this is kind of like the whole chris situation over again like oh you're telling me this person's not good for me but i love them i see the best in them they're a good person um like you're being overdramatic um selena so selena dismissed her father's warnings and by January 1995, Selena's fashion designer, her cousin, Deborah Ramirez, and even clients themselves, like of the shop, had expressed their concerns with Yolanda's management skills. During an interview with Yolanda in 1995, reporters from the Dallas Morning News said her devotion to Selena bordered on obsession.
1: Yeah, that's what it sounds like, especially if she's taking on so much, you know?
0: Yeah, like Homegirl. Run,
1: yeah.
0: Oh my gosh, um, yeah. So she like really weasled Yolanda really weasled her way into well, I a mean, position it, of yeah and power I'm, and trust in that family. Yeah, it, and she was definitely taking advantage of it.
1: Yeah, like it kind of goes back to like Selena, Selena just being a very like sweet person and like having mm-hmm. the best or what? What is it? What did I say earlier? Seeing the best and seeing people. the best in people, exactly.
0: Yeah. Um. So. Because of all of this going on, so Abraham starts getting phone calls from fans. So I remember Yolanda, her first venture regarding Selena was the fan club that she started in San Antonio. Abraham started getting fo- phone calls from these fans uh, saying that they had paid for membership in the Selena fan club and had not received anything in return for it. Damn. So he started doing a little bit of his own investigating. Yeah. Yeah, things were like more than fishy. I yeah. mean, it was just stinking a fish. Like, it, honestly, I'm surprised that it took them this long. Oh, what's that?
1: My t- phone just kind of started. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> I, I'll I'll, cl- I'll clip that out. Oh, so many. So, All right, I'll
0: start the note over again. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so he started doing his own investigation, um, and when Abraham started looking into things. He discovered that Yolanda had embezzled more than thirty thousand dollars via vo- forged checks from both the fan club and the fashion boutiques. That's
1: fucking awful. That's fucked up. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and this like woman's—I'm her number one fan, but I'm stealing money from her. Yeah. Jesus Christ! No,
1: that's awful. Like she obviously was just in it for herself. Like when it comes down to oh, it yeah. at that point,
0: like I'm sure she—I'm sure she was obsessed with. Selena, but I feel like obviously she had some sort of mental illness going on. Yeah. If she was like this obsessed and like had such a power trip, I'm sure she has like some sort of narcissism thing going on maybe. Yeah. Um, too, where she feels like she has a right to that money. Yeah. Um, like I'm just, total, total speculation, but if she was the one that helped f- start the fan club oh, and probably- started her fan base. So she's like, well, all of these fans that Selena has that are making her career so successful are because of me. And so she basically owes me all this stuff.
1: That's, so, like, that. that's like such a fucked up way of looking at it, but I bet you that's exactly what it was. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like you're right.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that's like her Mentality, like thought process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So on March 9th, Abraham held a meeting with Selena, Suzette and Yolanda to confront Yolanda about the missing money like basically WTF where is it Abraham presented the inconsistency about inconsistencies about the dis, disappeared huh? Abraham presented the inconsistencies about the disappeared funds and told Yolanda that if she did not produce any evidence that disproved his accusations, that he would have her prosecuted.
1: Yeah, I mean, he has every fucking right, to. Like, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Now,
0: Yolanda's starting to get back into a corner. And we're going to see how Yolanda just freaks the fuck out. Um, so Abraham then bans Yolanda from having any contact with Selena. And you have to understand, like when somebody is obsessed with some, like latches on and mm-hmm. is possessive of a person. Yeah. When they're when they're taken away from them, when they're not no longer given access, is when things get really ugly. Yeah. And you start seeing that it's really not about their love for the person; it's about them. Yeah. No. So. I,
1: I know, what that's
0: yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Um. Same. Uh. <laughs> we're just so popular. <laughs> like obviously,
1: out. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll cut we'll cut it out but yes i know we both know (laughs) exactly
0: yeah um yeah so just so you guys know that's what happens i mean she basically like she would have been a stalker if she wasn't so involved in
1: yeah, she like I, been... I can see
0: her like even if she hadn't been able to weasel herself into like her trusted certain Selena's trusted circle she would have probably just been a stalker or something she, too she
1: lucked out with the fact that yeah. Selena was so sweet and caring yes. and like saw the oh and
0: that people. she was and that Yolanda was smart enough to, to like propose that fan club like business proposition to the dad like yeah. that was very smart and calculated on her part yeah um so Abraham bans the friendship with Yolanda and sweet Selena didn't want to end the friendship. I mean, it was really hard on her and she did start taking these seriously. She did start believing like Yolanda was, you know, did these things. Um, But she was also kind of like thinking like, oh, she just like, uh, again, seeing the best in a person. Like maybe she just... You know she's making a mistake. I still love her. Like we have all the, the like this year of friendship and stuff. Um, but also Selena wasn't like so sweet in her intentions too. She wanted to keep in communication with Yolanda because she knew that Yolanda had the ba- like the bank statements, the financial records, and like the papers and documents that were necessary for tax preparation. Yeah. So they were like they were going to be in trouble if they weren't going to be able to get those documents from Yolanda yeah um like Abraham wanted the communications regarding those documents to just be between Yolanda and him mm-hmm. but Selena I mean it's her business too she wanted to be a part of it and it was like this woman who she thought was like one of her best friends so in the days leading up to Selena's death Yolanda delayed handing over the bank statements and the financial records. However, Yolanda suddenly had a change of heart and arranged to meet with Selena on March 30th, 1995 at the Days Inn Motel in Corpus Christi. Um, So during this meeting, Yolanda claimed that she had been physically and sexually assaulted while on a trip to Monterey, Mexico. And Selena was like, oh, my God, like what Um, And then she like obviously like felt guilty because the reason why Yolanda was in Monterey, Mexico was because of those um, the boutique potentially opening in that location. Right. Yeah. So Selena offers to pick her up uh, the next day in the morning to take her to a clinic. And now we're on the day of the murder. March 31st, 1995. Selena picks up Yolanda from her motel. The day's in. Takes her to a medical clinic in the morning, but after the examination, Selena, Selena learns that Yolanda showed no signs of any sort of assault, physical or sexual. And like she even like approached, I think one of the nurses and was like, "Do you think? Are you really sure? Like, do you think that she's faking it?" And legally, they can't say, but basically, she's just like, there is little to no evidence that she was ever assaulted like recently. At know. least of, of re- like, recently. And this trip, I guess, happened rather recently, this trip to Monterey. Um, Yolanda even claimed that she was wearing the clothes, the same clothes that she had on during these uh, alleged assault. And that, like, it was, like, torn up stuff. And she's like, yeah, they ripped them off of me. Um, but the nurse also uh, noticed that these ripped, quote, unquote, ripped apart clothes were actually, like, calculatedly cut up by scissors, like they were very precise. There wasn't anything torn. It was just like cut up. Yeah. So it was just sus. Very sus, right? Yeah. Um so yeah, obviously, like, yeah. She's most likely lying about it. This is making lying- me – I'm
1: sorry. This whole I- like this buildup of this story is making me so uncomfortable because I know what's gonna come mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not ready for it at all. I
0: know. This is yeah, this is gonna get really rough, guys. So strap yourselves in. So Yolanda tried to. Um, so they go back to Yolanda's motel room, right? And Yolanda, while they're there, um, she tries to convince Selena to give her her job back because she's been fired at this point, obviously. Yeah. Um, but Selena refused, and she had had enough and told Yolanda that their friendship was over.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, good girl.
0: Yeah. Um, what happened subsequently is very sad. So here it is, guys. At around 11.48 a.m., Selena turned her back and walked out the door. That's when Yolanda grabbed a gun from her purse and pointed it at Selena. As Selena attempted to flee, Yolanda shot her once in the right shoulder on her back. She, like, got shot in the back, um, which just even so, worse than, like... That's
1: worse. Yeah, exactly. Worse like the- she-, <sighs> she wasn't even yeah. willing to, like, face her. That's so mm-hmm. fucked up.
0: Yep um she's only shot once but unfortunately that's all it took to seal selena's fate the blood trail selena left as she ran from yolanda's room to the motel lobby was 392 feet long oh my gosh reaching the lobby selena screamed to the staff lock the door she'll shoot me again um at this moment yolanda was still chasing after selena calling her a bitch Critically wounded, Selena collapsed on the floor. The people in the lobby recalled um, her like moaning and then rolling her eyes back as she collapsed. But before collapsing, she was able to name Yolanda as her assailant saying, quote, Yolanda Saldivar, room 158, unquote. Despite emergency services arriving two minutes after the 911 call was placed, Selena was in critical condition with the bullet having gone through her body and severing her subclavian artery that runs from the heart to the right arm.
1: Oof.
0: Oof. Yeah, it gets, it gets worse. A first responder on the scene reported that, quote, it's just pump, 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 and it's like almost a garden hose coming out of there, unquote. They had tried to get an IV Uh, on scene but they were unsuccessful because all of her veins had collapsed from lack of blood first responders spent five minutes at the days in before driving selena four minutes to the hospital but her condition was just becoming worse and worse the bullet had shattered her shoulder tearing one lung her veins and the major that major artery and fuck Mm mm-hmm Selena was declared dead at 1.05 p.m. that day. She was 23 years old.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Uh, I mean, it's just wild. It's always, like, sad when anyone dies. But when anyone that young and that, like, just finally she had that breakthrough moment in her career. She was a huge star. She's a gorgeous, awesome, influential person. And she's just taken.
1: I just I don't understand that. I'm so yeah. I'm sorry. Like I'm just like oh. I, I know. Especially because like this is a person that she trusted. She trusted her so much, mm-hmm. and she liked her so much, and she cared about her so much. She was even willing to like take her to the hospital to you know. I know. Like, and then to be shot in the fucking back, mm-hmm. you
0: know. God. So and this is wild. Um, so as Selena's heart stopped in the ambulance. A paramedic was looking for a vein um to put the IV in, right? Um, because all of her, you know, this is when they discover like all her veins had collapsed, and they're just like searching for a vein that they can put the IV in to help her out. Yeah. <clears throat> um, as he was searching, he found a ring clutched in her hand, which is this is actually portrayed in the movie. Um and in like the scene of her the montage that shows like her her death and her dying selena's birthday was around easter so i as i said earlier her birthday was april 16th so she um was very fond of collecting like decorative eggs and she actually had a really nice collection of fabergé eggs which are like these gorgeous i think they're like russian in, yeah oh my um, gosh traditionally tradi- she had an amazing collection of fabergé eggs so yolanda not right now but like i'm sure a few months or a year back or whatever so yolanda knowing this um about her and wanting to give her a gift um she and the staff in the from the boutiques had pulled money together to give uh selena a 14 karat gold and diamond ring topped with a white gold little fabergé styled egg to her as a gift and like selena was well very well known to like wear this ring often because it was like a sign of like their friendship yeah and it was very dear to her. And also it's like, oh my gosh, she like loves decorative eggs. So it was like the perfect gift for her. According to police and media reports, um, as Selena was walking away, Yolanda demanded the ring back. So Selena took it off, but before she could turn around and return it, Yolanda Chearshot. shot her in the back. Oh, that's so and during that whole time, she still had that ring in her hand. <laughs> um, Yeah. I don't like so story. during... I know. So during all of this, like, so, all right, Yolanda, where the hell's Yolanda, right? During all of this, Yolanda attempted to flee the scene in her pickup truck, but she was spotted by police, which commenced a nine and a half hour standoff with the police and FBI. The whole time, holding a gun to her head and threatening to kill herself.
1: I would have just let her do it. I'm sorry. I know that's like (laughs) fucked up, but I would have been like, you know what? It's fine.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, but then she wouldn't have, you know, been able to be prosecuted that's and like
1: that's true justice okay. to be served. Okay, but I mean, yeah. I get what
0: you I totally get what you mean. But so like they're trying to get her out alive. Right. She's threatening to kill herself. So they are they actually held back the information that she did indeed kill Selena. Um, She just kept repeating, like, what have I done? I hurt my best friend. So like she did not know she, she, I hurt my best friend. You killed your best friend, bitch.
1: No, when you shoot someone, that's your a, that's, quote
0: unquote best friend,
1: especially in the back. Like you can't, you you can't say, "I didn't mean to kill them." When you shoot them in such a, it's a sensitive area, you know. Like you mm-hmm. can shoot someone in the leg and kill them, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: <sighs> yeah. So, uh, once the standoff was over, Yolanda, having stepped out of the vehicle. Hundreds of fans had gathered um at the scene and many wept as police took Yolanda away.
1: Is it because they didn't know? And uh, like
0: I mean, they knew that she had died because I mean it was Yolanda or oh my gosh, not Yolanda. Selena had passed um at one o five PM. And so like then that means that it was like nighttime but by did the anybody time they like, know? were able to
1: But did anybody know that it was Yolanda's doing?
0: Oh probably. Oh. Yeah, they could probably like it was breaking news. Like people all all over the world were like stopping their programs to announce the news of this shooting. Um and it was kind of like it was pretty clear what had happened. Like Selena, right before she collapses, she like names her
1: Yeah, exactly. Her
0: assailant, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um so the aftermath of all this, let's get to Yolanda's trial. So it begins just a few months later, in October 11th, 1995. Because of the publicity of the case, it had to be moved from Corpus Christi to Houston to like, I think, just like house like all the publicity and the media that were crowding that would be crowding around this um, this case. The author of the book Selena's Secret said, quote, "For Hispanics, this was our O.J. Simpson trial." To like, unquote, to like put it into context of how big this was in the media, let alone like in the Latin community. Mm-hmm. This is, yeah. It's kind of wild because it happened like shortly after the OJ case. Yeah. It was very, very similar. A lot of like parallels with like, you know, the obvious killer um, being in like a vehicle threatening to kill themselves, right? Yeah. Um, so the case against Yolanda was pretty damn clear. She even admitted that she did indeed shoot Selena, but not on purpose. <laughs>
1: I mean, that it that was clearly on purpose.
0: Right. So sh- Yolanda claims in court and in interviews still to this day that she was about to kill herself from the guilt of having stolen money from Selena's company and that um, Selena wouldn't leave her be. No. And so she pulled the gun out to scare Selena away so that she could kill herself alone. And she claimed that Selena tried to take the gun away um from yolanda and then that's when the gun showed off by accident and shot selena mm-hmm. so she's like no i was actually trying to kill myself and selena was like the collateral damage um however investigators stated the gun that killed selena was a 38 caliber taurus revolver in that you have to place 11 pounds of pressure for that trigger to go off so it's not a sensitive enough gun that could quote accidentally unquote go off
1: Yeah, and deliberate. they even had
0: like a key witness so a janitor at the motel testified in court that instead of helping selena who is a registered nurse by the way so it's like if you even if you had like killed her by accident wouldn't you like be right away like saying oh my god help and you'd be like trying to help her right yeah
1: exactly especially so he, if you're so the te- one that did it
0: yeah yeah so he so this janitor testified that instead of helping Selena, Yolanda raised the gun again at her as she as she ran after Yolanda and yelled "bitch."
1: That's the T, fucking. That's the T. So, <laughs> like, yeah, that,
0: yeah. I mean, how can you like contest that? Yeah, right? you
1: can't like lie your way out of that. Like...
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was clearly like damning testimony, and it definitely hurt the defensive argument that Yolanda accidentally shot Selena. Yeah, exactly. Like it was total bullshit. Like I think um yeah, like even the yeah, like I don't know, it was just bullshit. It obviously. Like it was just very clear cut. Um so Yolanda Saldivar was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison um with no parole for 30 years, which at the time was the maximum prison term allowed in Texas that could be imposed. So they did try so they did give her like the maximum sentencing. Yeah. Um. So that means that Yolanda will be eligible um, for parole in 2025, which is like coming up. That's wild. It's like just in five years. And she will be 65 years old when that happens. Mm. So she's currently 60. In 2002, under a judge's order, the gun used to kill Selena was destroyed by being put through a sawmill and the pieces were thrown into Corpus Christi Bay. So, on April 2nd, 1995, exactly two weeks before what would have been Selena's 24th birthday, a public viewing of the casket was held at Bayfront Auditorium, and fans lined up for almost a mile. Oh, man. Um, An hour before the doors were open to start the viewing, there was a rumor circulating that the casket was, like, empty. Like, some sort of, like, dumb conspiracy. Like, just okay. People be, like, There's
1: always conspiracy theories on. Stuff I know, like right? Yeah. So the uh,
0: the Quintanilla family were prompted to have an open casket viewing, and you can actually see these um, photos online of her and her casket, uh, which is really sad. Mm. About thirty thousand to forty thousand fans passed by Selena's casket, and more than seventy-eight thousand signed a book of condolence. The following day on April 3rd, 600 guests, mostly family members, attended Selena's burial at Seaside Memorial Park in Corpus Christi, Texas, which was broadcasted live by a Corpus Christi and San Antonio radio station without the consent of the family. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Big swig yeah. of vodka soda there.
1: Yeah, that was a long-ass story. <clears throat> I mean, like, it was a lot to take in.
0: Yeah. I will go through, like, some brief, like, impact of that Selena's death had, and then it'll be the end of it. <laughs> so Selena's murder had a widespread impact. Reactions to her death were compared to those following the death, uh, deaths of John Lennon, Elvis Presley, and JFK. And two weeks after Selena's death, George W. Bush, um, the governor of Texas at the time, declared her birthday, April 16th, as Selena Day in Texas. Mm. He said that Selena represented the essence of South Texas culture. And prior to Selena's death, her best-selling record sold 400,000 copies, and her release after her death sold 3 million. Um, And the purple jumpsuit that she wore at her last live concert at the Houston Astrodome is um, on display to this day at the Selena Museum in Corpus Christi. And that, my friends, is the tragic death of Selena Quintanilla Perez.
1: Well, Maria, <laughs> that was quite a story. Ugh. There you go. Did you just like drop the mic?
0: Yeah, I did.
1: <laughs> that was the equivalent of a, um, a mic drop if I've ever heard of <laughs> Large ass swig.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, like, I'm kind of proud of you for doing that because you, you you, definitely have been impacted by her, I think. And probably your sister as well. I feel like um, Letty probably. Well,
0: maybe, I mean, I know for me, for sure. I remember growing up and watching the movie with my mom and my mom telling me about Selena um, and like what she remembered when everything was happening. Yeah, um, they were like the same real time.
1: age, like around the yeah. same age.
0: Yeah, like she was just a year younger than my mom um so yeah my mom was 24 when it happened so uh yeah so and then of course I, I grew up like listening to um Selena songs yeah um but yeah so and she's just still like she's just like a goddess like there was I forget who it's who said it but there was like this essay written and it basically equated like how influential selena's name is in the latin community Mm -hmm. it's like she is the most well-known name um sec uh with the virgin mary being second or not well like most uh like celebrated person in latin american celebrated woman or something like that
1: wow
0: most celebrated woman in latin in the latin culture second being the virgin mary which is of course is like hyperbole maybe maybe not yeah (laughs) but yeah just she's huge
1: i just i can't get over it i know um but the hotel segue
0: (laughs) speaking of hotels hotels, uh
1: you know hopefully we have some time for for this it's not very long so i mean i can kind of i can kind of scoot it along but um my portion of this was the spooky supernatural and I took on the Hotel Stockton, which is a local, a little local area. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you a little about Hotel Stockton because I don't know very much. So <laughs> a little is going to have Literally to do. a little. No, no. I I have been doing a lot of research. And actually, the only thing I didn't get to do was physically go. You know, we're in a pandemic. I can't really like go to a, mm-hmm. and, and it's not even a hotel anymore. It's uh, It's apartments now. Oh, um,
0: but yeah. So oh, Hotel Stockton- I don't know how I feel about that. <sighs>
1: <sighs> actually, that makes it
0: creepier. I don't know. Okay, sorry. Go no, ahead. No, no, no.
1: You'll you'll see. You'll see. Um, okay, so yeah. Hotel Stockton opened in 1910. Uh, it was designed to be a grand hotel with over 200 rooms. It actually had 252 rooms. Um, Stockton City Hall actually moved itself into the hotel in 19. 19- I think it was 1912, and it stayed there until 1926.
0: Oh, so it's an old building. It's
1: a very old building, and it it was used for a a variety of different things. The hotel was Mm -hmm. used for a lot of uh, local government like necessities, and um, eventually, it like kind of overrode you know the need for it to be a hotel. So they Mm -hmm. actually took hold of that space and used it for um, like a a branch of government until like. I want to say nineteen seventy six and then it closed down for a little bit and they renovated it. Uh, and then they like built another another gosh, I'm forgetting my words. I'm trying to figure out exactly what this what this place was called, but um, it was like the courthouse. they built like, okay. They built like another courthouse. They were using the hotel for it for a while and then they built another one and then they okay. opened it back up as something else and then it closed back down again. So it's been through kind of a lot. So
0: of, it's more of, like a multi-purpose building. <laughs>
1: yeah. And it's gorgeous. It's a very beautiful, um, it's a very beautiful location. But now it's, uh, it was purchased and re- re- renovated and turned into hotel stock and apartments. Um, so that's what it's currently being used as. Um, Hotel Stockton was added to the National Register of H- Historic Places in April oh. 1st, 1981. So it's kind of like, nice. you know, I mean, not a lot of people know about Stockton, but this this place is just gorgeous. I want to go in <laughs> and just see what mm-hmm. it's like. But Andrew's like, we can't just like walk in there. Um, but I'll, sh- I'll see well, you I guess, you yeah, now that it's like gorgeous. apartments,
0: I bet that's like tougher. Well, that's to- why I was
1: having such a hard time. Like I was having a hard time looking for anything because first of all, like there's not a lot – um, because I was looking up like haunted places in Stockton, and of course, like I, I looked up the eight mile thing, and the eight mile one mm-hmm. wasn't. I didn't have a lot of information, so I was hoping for something else. And Andrew's like, well, uh, you know, ask people in the Stockton history uh, his uh, the Stockton history group on Facebook. And I was like, oh. I don't want to. I don't want to ask anybody about like supernatural stuff. And he like pushed me and pushed me and finally I, I did and I got so many messages. I got oh, so cool. Yeah, so I found out there's actually like uh like underground tunnels under the hotel.
0: Oh, that's cool.
1: Yeah. So I'm not really sure like I wasn't able to like research that quite yet. Um that was something that I found out through Andrew's Andrew's mom. Yeah, it's pretty crazy.
0: <laughs> I bet it was like, was it because of like prohibition? Maybe? Something like
1: that. Yeah. And they actually have tours still. They have tours. Oh, well, cool. I mean, they have, I mean, the, with the pandemic, there's not really any tours going on, but they did have right. tours where they would take people down and um, these underground tunnels were considered pretty haunted as well as the, um, as the hotel. So um, I didn't get a lot of like personal stories but there are encounters that people have seen that are frequent so these are entities or things that people have multiple people have described um so the first one is the white suit smoker um Uh, yeah
0: white suit (laughs) smoker. smoker
1: yeah one of the ghosts that regularly makes an appearance at the hotel is a man in white um in a white suit he mm-hmm. haunts he haunts the back area by the stairs. He's been seen smoking a cigarette um and he'll sit on top of a a small wooden stool. Uh he's bound to disappear within seconds though. That's another thing people could talk about him like just like just leave like disappearing. Like, briefly. Yeah, being there and then disappearing.
0: I uh, really hope that we can carry our vices to the afterlife. <laughs> right? Like I just think that like when cuz it's one thing to like see a ghost but to see him like Smoking. smoking a ghostly cigarette. I mean, like, if that's something,
1: like, uh, for I hope my like, if I'm not drinking wine as a ghost, like, then am I really? In heaven. Well, not not just that, but is it really my ghost though? Like, <laughs> you could you could consider it not Melanie's. Is there no wine? It's probably not her. Um, but anyways, uh, they say that's that how I'll
0: know if like we ever run into each other in a ghostly form, and if you're not drinking wine, I'll be like trickster.
1: It's not her. <laughs> not that. Either wine or chocolate, you know. Oh, chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> um they say that he leaves a he leaves behind a cool presence that will send chills down your spine. Um Ooh. it says that you'll notice sometimes you'll notice blood on his fingers. Uh do not wait a second though if you see that, like get the fuck out because he, they have said that um people that are seeking like secluded areas that see him, he tends to like attack them. Oh my god! So I was looking well, up.
0: like how how attack?
1: I don't really know. It doesn't like, like just... it doesn't really go into like, like what ooh. like you know. I don't think entities have that like. Stag. I don't think ghosts have a lot of power, <laughs> so I'm not
0: really sure how. Sorry, I'm just thinking of I'm just imagining <laughs> him like him being a smoker, just like him be like, boo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. Like some of the some of the encounters with him make him sound really like really creepy. Um, yeah. So, for- so
0: he's, like more malevolent.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think like he's cool with you unless you're trying to find like a secret secluded place. Like if you're trying to be sneaky, hmm. then he's like weird.
0: Okay, um, interesting.
1: So Kelly. Uh, on June twelfth, two thousand fifteen, this was a, a a personal encounter with this with this entity. Oh. she she says I was a prom chaperone last month for the opening for the open r- rooftop restaurant area. It was my, oh my it was my job to check in. Oh, sorry, it was my job to check the scheduled areas to keep kids from getting into trouble. It was a warm night, and when I went around the back area by the stairs, I saw a man in a white suit smoking a cigarette sitting on a small wooden stool it felt instantly cold I felt embraced walking in on his smoke break like oh no sorry I felt embarrassed walking in on his smoke break I went forward to Mm -hmm. apologize and then he was gone I left and returned to the area later it was still cold but no man no stool creepy as hell so holy shit yeah so that's one. I, I actually... She's so nice. I'm sorry to interrupt your... I mean, break. like, I, I can imagine that. Like, if you can... If they seem like they're on a, like, a smoke break, you know? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, well, I didn't mean to, like... I didn't mean to, like, interrupt you. Yeah. You know? So that's one, Um, one like, personal story. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't really get any of the other ones. There's a ghostly pianist. There's a... It says if you...
0: <laughs> like the pianist earlier on this episode. <laughs> is it my dad <laughs> oh, my God.
1: oh my gosh at first I was Javier? thinking like Javier? I'm like I don't know how this like how this story is going to correlate to the story before like how are they going to like where and then like I'm like hotel got it okay penis got it like <laughs> perfect um so yeah so uh it says that on the fourth floor you can clearly hear the sound of a pi- uh, piano playing um it kind of sounds like it's from the ballroom at night. Don't try and investigate as the ghostly pianist would know that you're coming up the ballroom and disappear. It says that a medium who visited the hotel claims that she made contact with the spirit at the stairs leading to the ballroom. According to her blog, which I could not find, the ghost was a young pianist who fell in love with one of the patrons who frequented the hotel. After becoming Um, intimate, she revealed that she was married. Before he could escape, uh. her husband caught him and stabbed him to death.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah. poor thing.
1: Yeah. While the pianist doesn't know where his body is, the he does know that his heart wait, that his heart is in the piano that he played for years. <gasps> oh. And that's and that's why he's willing willingly become a part of um the ghosts in this hotel. So apparently there's like multiple ghosts but they haven't like been able to identify all of them. Um then there's the wandering ghost on the 4th floor. While you're bound to come across cold spots on the third floor, you only get to see spirits on the fourth floor.
0: Interesting. Um, okay.
1: Yeah, that's what this this says. According to the hotel staff, this is the ghost of a man who was killed in one of the rooms during the 1960s. No one knows why he was shot, but rumor has it that he swindle, swindled money from one of the hotels, from one of the hotel owners, and then, you know he was kind of pissed off by his like untimely death. And so there, right. he, therefore he keeps like roaming the floors that he died on. So these are the only ones that, um, that I was seeing. And then it says that like, there was like a medium for the other one. And then there was a local, uh, psychic who tried communicating with this one. But, um, it says that he got like scratched badly on the face before he could get any answers. So the medium, n- the psychic, so there was Does a, me- it- yeah, there was immediate, like there was a, holy medium, shit. Yeah. Yeah. So these, I have these, the, uh, these stories are probably from like the 2000, like 2015 before it became an apartment complex, but be- okay. sorry, apartment complex, um, mm-hmm. probably like during the time of renovation or during the time of it being abandoned, um, or like not being used. So yeah. that's what I'm, that's what I'm seeing. I, I haven't been able to find anything. Online? Like of the
0: residents of.
1: Well, I didn't until today, uh, when <gasps> Ooh, when yeah, I'm
0: excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, um, so when I posted that question on the Stockton history, I got so many people, like people saying, like, "Oh, I worked there for thirty years. It's not haunted. I never encountered anything. You know, the basement was kind of creepy." And I'm like, "Okay, like, you know, that makes sense." But then I'm like, "But you know, you were working there during the time it was like kind of." up and running I'm I'm thinking about people that passed away or things that happened afterwards you know like what is it now and mm-hmm. this guy replied I'm not going to name his name <laughs> just in case cuz I didn't I didn't ask quite yet but he said I know lots I worked there for 4 years during the renovation um, and I currently live there I get 3 oh. knocks I get three knocks at my door at random times during the day and at night. I hear a female sadly weeping many nights between 1 a.m. and 4 a.m. I have a videotape. Mm. Wait, I have videotaped numerous light anomalies many times at night in my room. I have communicated with (laughs) these light anomalies, telling them that I see them and asking them to leave or move, um, basically trying to get like uh, an answer from them.
0: To see if they're like intelligent.
1: Yeah, I feel like uh, yeah, like he's getting like yes or no answers from them, like like oh, turn on the light, turn off the light. Mm -hmm. Um, I have photographed white light anomalies and have a green had had a green anomaly um, that had a face in it. Ew. Uh, Yeah, a friend of mine. Oh, I
0: don't like any of this.
1: (laughs) He says a friend of mine is a certified paranormal investigator, and we did a quick like daytime sweep through the hallways and found several areas where it w- there were cold spots or a not- noticeable difference between the temperature. Um, He also describes how, like, now he, like, will sm- smudge, like, sage his, like, apartment okay. and stuff because he just doesn't feel, like, safe and um that he's encountered, oh. like, multiple spirits there. Um, But, yeah, so that was someone that lives there currently. Damn. Yeah, so, I mean... I kind of want to just go in there one day. I don't know how, but I want to try to get in there just to see for myself if I can go and, like, walk around and and feel anything in the halls and and check out various floors and whatnot um, when the pandemic is over. So, yeah, that's what I have for the Hotel Stockton.
0: Nice. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That is... That's wild that people live there.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, if there were ha- there were hauntings, something like, okay. Like, it's not a hotel anymore, and it's not abandoned. People are living there, so there has to be like energies from before. Oof. And apparently, there were deaths there, so there has oh to my be gosh. hauntings. I'm and getting chills I wanna, right yeah, now. I want to do the the tour too. All right, that would be
0: so cool if once this pandemic opens up, we can go on the tour together.
1: Dude, I want to do so many things in Stockton with you. I want to go on so many like weird, like supernatural foot. There is a cemetery here that is gorgeous. And I want to do, Ooh. I want to do an episode just like with you on that, like about the cemetery
0: while okay. we're there. Ooh, that- oh, that'd be so cool.
1: Yeah. It's immaculate. It's a huge cemetery. Um, And then the other thing I wanted to bring up was, so, you know, I'm okay. Everybody that listens to this or at least <laughs> ha- anybody that watches us on our Instagram, like, knows that I'm obsessed with TikTok, and... Uh, yeah, okay.
0: all and any TikToks are coming from Melanie, they're both there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, apparently, there is this, there's this, like, little, if anybody uses TikTok, there's this effect that you can use on your phone to, to see if you have ghosts in your house. What? Yeah, it's called the reality ripple effect, and basically... Let me see if I can get it on here. But like I took a video, I took a video yesterday. And so this is, this is Cass laying on the couch with mm-hmm. me. And you can see that he, he's lighting up a lot, like yeah. a ton. Um, but it's not just his body though. It's like above him too. Do you see what I'm saying? Like it's like all over him.
0: Oh, okay. Sorry. It took me a while to like. Distinguish where Cass was. Uh, yeah, I know because it's like going
1: crazy. But Cass is oh, laying. I see him now. Yeah, Cass is laying on the couch, and then there's like it's like,
0: all over the couch. Yeah. So wherever it lights up is either a human, or if there's no or not a human, but like if yeah a creature, and if there's not anything in that spot, then it's a ghost.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like if I were to use that now, then I would light up. But you basically what you can do is you can like do it around the area and it'll mm-hmm. show you and it's called I feel like it's called reality it's called what is this called uh fuck it's called reality ripple hmm. but yeah you just I'm always kinda...
0: skeptical of those things. no
1: I am too typically but there are some times where it's like if it's if it's like what it's doing is it's detecting warmth I think you know, I think it's detecting like warmth or something like that because I it don't only, it think only, that your
0: phone is equipped to do that though.
1: Oh, but is it? But is it? Because I there's don't a lot of so. apps, there's a lot of apps out there too that do like ghost, um, like it'll tell you like whether or not there's a ghost talking to you or if there's a ghost near you. I think it can. I'm not sure like what the science is behind it, mm. but, um, I do think that it can detect certain things because I feel like you can also like you I think you can also like download like temperature apps on your on your phone too and it'll tell you like what the temperature is in your room so if it can do that you know
0: I don't know well I'm just thinking from like a very skeptical uh, as I'm a, a, in a like a pragmatic logical sense yeah Um. let's say a phone can detect temperature though and the temperature that it's probably programmed to detect would not be so much i i would doubt it'd be the surroundings but more the temperature of the phone itself to protect it from either getting too cold or from overheating um this is coming from i was raised by an engineer guys so no <laughs> I, like, I i oh, i'm we need, this. we
1: need this but, because everybody's um, I using can this see app if, like, or this uh effect if, if, if right now
0: if it's not if I, I, so I highly doubt it's heat if it is sensing something. However, if it's like, if it's emitting a sound, like a sound wave, is it like, like a bat kind of like the sonar thing? Yeah. Um, I don't know if phones do that. I'm sure they have that capability and I'm not sure how, if somebody programs a filter on TikTok, how they would achieve like bypassing the app and go, getting into the operations of the okay, phone Okay, but what itself. about those other
1: apps where they, they detect like sounds?
0: Like, uh, like when they detect... Well, because that's using the microphone though, which is like natural for like a phone, and for apps to have that the access to the microphone. But I'm just saying, like for heat things, I, for me personally, I'm gonna say I I'm it's probably not.
1: I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna research it.
0: But if hey, if this. somebody like has insight on the technological capabilities of phones to act as like. Uh, paranormal devices through an app or something yeah let that, us know let us know um change my mind
1: <laughs> I I'm very like uh gullible with certain things like that because I'm like oh my gosh like you tell me that there's a ghost behind me I'm probably gonna believe there's a ghost behind me I'm just...
0: yeah because then also I don't know um
1: I feel like I'm not, more skeptical. Like, I'm I, more skeptical like- about witchy shit, like thing like properties and things that mm-hmm. it can help me with and like how magic works. But when it comes sure. to like supernatural shit, I'm like, it's there. I know it's there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I try to definitely um approach everything uh with um a healthy amount of skepticism. Yeah. And it's very like because my dad just raised me to look at things from an engineering standpoint it's very hard for me to not look at things that way yeah. although of course I'm not going to say that I'm an expert on the functionality of cell phones and their right. like their structure and their what they're you know
1: no no totally but I, but I appreciate just, that's that that's my
0: speculation no I love
1: it um Thank you for
0: but I would love up. to hear if someone has more insight on it like please because then I can tell everybody on
1: TikTok to calm the fuck down yeah,
0: Because <laughs> I mean I've had a friend um She had this app Where it like It it tracked her geological location And then it showed like A dot that represented her on the map And yeah, then it and re- then had goes, all these dots Yeah and I'm like uh, How does um, I don't know Is that friend them?
1: me? I feel like it was probably me
0: No it was not you
1: Oh okay I'm like I've no. definitely downloaded apps like that
0: Hello Cass <laughs> Cass is like
1: <laughs> spirits where <laughs> actually this is the first time I've not felt like super terrified before a spooky episode so
0: honestly yeah this is like the most stable emotionally I've been <laughs> even though of course like the Selena thing was um, I was very emotionally connected to it right. but I'm like not freaked out yeah exactly which is nice. I'm yeah. going to you know, say, like, unrelated, I have downed a can of this vodka soda. Like thing. I said,
1: dude, this is, okay, this is how I deal with every every time we record now. I'm like, okay, we're going to do this spooky episode. I'm going to get smashed. This is how it's going to happen.
0: Oh, man. I'm, I'm like, I'm going to stay hydrated because of my voice. And, like, vodka can do that, right?
1: No, I've given oh. up on the idea that my voice will sound any better. Cause it Isn't just it amazing,
0: won't. though, how, like, you you think, I don't know about you, but like when I listen to some podcasts and they're like, oh my gosh, what's the name of that thing? And I'm like, it's obviously so-and-so. Wow, you guys are real like, you know, idiots. <laughs> and then the same the exact thing will happen to me when I'm talking. Oh, what's the name of that thing? <laughs> you you know, we're out and suddenly like my voice is perfect any other time my favorite thing
1: my favorite thing that you do is like (laughs) when you're talking about how we're being dumb or you're being (laughs) dumb and you go you do this thing with your voice can you just
0: please (laughs) oh yeah you know know, yeah i don't know but maybe it's like was that the name of the thing and you can't think of it now you you phone in if you know (laughs)
1: Melanie really think that you can like detect you know, the heat on your phone.
0: Hello, <laughs> you think you're so supernaturally smart with your little cool app filter when I was cool.
1: I'm crying. Oh that was good. Um All right guys, I feel like I at know, this point that's our spooky episode. Yeah. We definitely it. We definitely went over an hour and a half, so sorry, but not sorry at the same time.
0: I think it was a good episode. We had fun. Yeah, that's I for mean, sure.
1: I've been drinking, so of course I'm having
0: fun. <laughs> your box of franzia.
1: Like, it's really, do not, do not. Just
0: honestly, I don't think you heard me because I realized you didn't have your headphones in, but earlier when you like walked in, your, oh, I'm <laughs> back, and you had your box of wine, I'm like, why don't you save us all some time and just punch a straw through the bag <laughs> in there? Just like packs on it. I've been really good. I've like wait no not Paxson. I'm so am such an idiot. Wait, what's the name of the punch thing? Capri Sun. <laughs> what's the name Capri-sun. of
1: Capri the-
0: Sun? I need to it. <laughs> Capri Sun. I meant Capri Sun. Capri Sun.
1: <laughs> Paxson. It. <laughs> I think I think we need to. We. Anyways. All right.
0: Goodness. <laughs> We're just gonna save you, listeners, from this train. Maria's wreck, gonna. And we're um, gonna end this episode with some she, plugs.
1: She's gonna do the plugs because I'm.
0: I can't. <laughs> yep. So, uh, thank you for listening, y'all. We are the New Witches. Um, subscribe to us. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Go- uh, Google Podcasts, and you, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Our handle um, is at the new witches you can find us on facebook the new witches podcast you can also support us on patreon we'll give you a shout out just like we did earlier in this episode from morgan Um, you can go to patreon.com slash the new witches and we um, come at you twice a week um, on sundays for spooky episodes and witchy wednesdays for our witchy spirituality topics once a month, we have our listener episodes every thirteenth of the month. So please do submit your personal, weird, creepy, true crime, like paranormal. Um, tell us you love us. Witchy stuff. Tell us you love us. Fan mail us. What email in anything? Honestly, at this point, <laughs> um, we kind of like scream like fangirls every time we get any sort of email. I like, know, we
1: text each other and we just cry. Yeah. So. I'll get like uh,
0: an email on our um, account from like Google Analytics. And I'll be like, oh my god! <laughs> but, but anyway, so you can email in your oh, hey, uh, wait. own personal story. Oh yeah, good.
1: We have reached a thousand listens. Actually, we surpassed <gasps> a thousand oh listens. We have a-, a thousand two hundred listens now. I just oh wanted god. to say
0: that's amazing, isn't it? I'm I cannot believe it. That's amazing. Um, yeah, and we have like. Even a listener in Malta, like amazing. What's, like we are international, is, baby. What's Malta? But anyways, um, it's a small island. Um, I'm like, in what? The Mediterranean sea. It's, a, it's a country. Okay.
1: It's okay. That's just how stupid I am. I'm like, is it a, <laughs> okay. a website?
0: Is it an <sighs> app? What is it? <laughs> anyway, so you can um, email in your story um, at witches at gmail.com where you can go to our website thenewwitches.com where we have our contact page and you can fill out the contact form there. Anyways, <laughs> we should probably end this real soon. Please. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening in. Uh, and
1: and uh, stay witchy. Do the thing. <laughs> <witchy>. Stay witchy. <laughs>
0: Bye. Bye. Bye.